Hello, troops. Before we kick off this instalment of the Granite Zero podcast, quick shout out to Infusion CBD. Infusion CBD, scientifically proven to help with your physical needs, your mental needs, and your spiritual needs. Whether it is through your mental health, physical health, or emotional health, it will help. It is scientifically proven to help with things such as eating disorders, sleep disorders, depression, anxiety, PTSD. I happen to use it personally on my joints, whether it's my ankles, knees, or even my lower back, by using their CBD muscle rub. Applying it on the on the joints really takes away the pain and the inflammation that happens within my terrible ankles and knees. But if you want 15% off, put in the promo code GRANITE15 at checkout and get 15% off. You are welcome. Now, for me, this company is amazing. The sports apparel is amazing. But not only that, their support group is amazing. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Right Flank. Now, Right Flank, veteran-owned, veteran-run, and fucking alley as fuck. They are brilliant. But they've also got a veteran support group, which I think is a brilliant idea. There's veterans that struggle to talk about their thoughts, feelings, and emotions. They can go there and just let it out with no judgment. It's amazing. But also, pick up a t-shirt, a pair of shorts or a hat, maybe a flag. Treat yourself. Uh, put in the promo code FLANKED15 at checkout and get 15% off. Now. We're down to the meat of it. Joining me today on this instalment of the Granite Zero podcast is the one and only Josh Palmer. Now, most of you will know Josh for being the commentator on Cage Warriors. But he's much more than that. He's been on an absolute weight loss journey. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has saved his life. He now lives in America shooting guns, being patriotic as fuck. But yeah, an absolutely thrilling conversation with many, many... Tomo's tangents. Some very touching subjects, some brilliant subjects, and just an all round fantastic guest. So, without further ado, welcome to the Granite Zero podcast, Josh Palmer.
powerful Josh Palmer. <laughs> Welcome to the Grand Zero podcast. Thanks for having me. No problem, mate. Before I start, I'm going to need to turn my heat down a bit. <laughs> You're r- rushing around, mate, and I'm sweating like a bastard. It's not, um, it's not really winter here in Philadelphia yet. It's kind of, uh, we're kind Does of getting ever? a late fall. Does it ever? Get yeah, it's fun, man. It, uh, it's brutal in uh, January, February. Oh, is it? You know, yeah, the year before I moved here, they had about six feet of snow. And, um, you know, I've been lucky. Well, I've been lucky since I've been here. I've only had to, uh, only had to shovel the driveway a couple of times each year. So it's, it's not too bad. So um, how long have you been out there then? So I moved to Philly about four and a half years ago. I uh, married a Jersey girl. So that's how I ended up out here. But um, I'm very lucky. And I still do a lot of work for, for, you know, my main firm in the UK. And obviously a um, bunch, of, bunch of promotions fly me back there every so often. So although I moved here, other than when, when my visa stopped me traveling, it's, you know, I go home 15, 20 times a year. So that's fine. It's all for some fucking hell. Well, yeah. High flyer, yeah, mate. High flyer. Uh, it's more just like, you know, getting, uh, it's weird when I moved here, I, I didn't miss my family that much because I was yeah. seeing them so much, but now as I start to get on and, you know, I've got a kid of my own on the way very soon and oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm starting to miss my family more. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. You know, I, know, I know what you so mean. I, I, I'm very sick. Not, not that I moved fucking as far away as you have. Um, but <laughs> When I joined the military, obviously at 20 years old, I was still fucking living at home with mum and dad, joined the military sure. and then fucking transferred the other side of the country. Uh, and took me a while to settle, but when I did, it's just been no different to me. Um, so that's where I live. I live in Kent now. Uh, my, right. my family still live in Hereford still. So it's like... Oh, yeah, you got feral drive to do that, haven't you? Yeah, so it's like people always say, do you miss your family? Like, of course I miss my family. I have moments where I'm like, oh, I wish I was at home. I still call it yeah. home. Yeah, so, so do I. So yeah. do I. So I, I wish I was at home. And then it's like the other week I managed, um, before they obviously set these new regulations that we've got here, <laughs> um, I managed to get home for a, for a bit of a, a short break, just, just myself. So I went and visited my brother, visited my mum. Uh, I saw my dad briefly, um, but yeah, it was, it, my missus was like, how come you're going home without me and the girls? It's like, well, I, I just wanted a bit of me time. You know what sure. I mean? Sometimes you need to um, reset and re-engage as, as it were. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't, I don't get it too much um, from that perspective on a day-to-day basis. I mean, for me, my me time has always been, you know, getting on a mat and grappling with some people. That's, that's my me time. And, uh, and obviously, you know, I, other than a couple of, uh, couple of outings, I haven't grappled for like eight, nine months now. And, right. um, that's, must be gagging to choke some people out. <laughs> it was, do you know what? It wasn't bad when I started and it's only, it's only as we're getting towards this tail end part and a lot of my, my gym are back rolling, like nothing's happening. And, uh, uh, and I can't, you know, my, my wife is pregnant and the responsible yeah, yeah. thing to do is to, you know, put my needs aside for a bit. Um, and it, but it's only in the last couple of months, it really started to get to me a bit more. It's just like, I'm missing it. And I'm, it's more that I'm watching everybody else do it yeah, every yeah. day. <laughs> you know, when I, when I didn't have to see it, cause there were zoom classes and stuff that people were doing and yeah. you know, we, we had other things to occupy our time. It wasn't too bad, but 
you know, watching all my mates roll every day and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, how long have you been rolling now else. for? Be um, it's 12 and a half years, 13, wait, 2007. So yeah, just over 13 years. Yeah, because I, I, obviously I, I br- we briefly met <laughs> a, a good few years back. It would have been back about 2013, day. I believe. Just before I was leaving, um, I started yeah. getting into um, rolling. I wish I'd done a bit more. I, if I'm honest, I wish the uh, the Norfolk gym, uh, Lee Dosky's gym, yeah, was it mm-hmm. Tsunami? Is it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I wish that was there. Well, it might, it may have been there. Um, I wish I'd known about it earlier, should I say? And I wish that the the Air Force Regiment had jujitsu as part of their because mm. now, like they do now, they, they, yeah. they fucking love it now. And and same with the Marines, with the Marines with the real uh, team. Yeah. Um, and it's like oh, I wish that was there because they had Just judo. Missed it by a few they years. They had judo, you know? sure, but. Uh, it's like, I don't really fancy doing judo. Yeah, well, judo's not really fun. It hurts too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to be thrown on my head, if I'm honest. I want to be choked uh, on his head. Um, yeah, I mean, all my all my worst, not my worst, but some some of my more catastrophic injuries have come from, from judo practice. Yeah. You know, because like as adults, we don't really learn. Kids, when they learn judo, they're fine. They learn to fall. Yes. You know, us as adults, we're kind of awkward and, you know, like even, <laughs> yeah. even when I've been doing jiu-jitsu for six or seven years, you know, I just, I get thrown on my face and it's like, well, I didn't really break full there, did I? No. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I met you back, I think we were training in the Bury St. Edmunds Sports Hall, I think. Unless yeah, I that would have been, yeah, that was, that was the gym before, uh, before Lee's. Um, yeah. Sort of came came to fruition. Yeah, yeah. I got I got humbled a few times rolling. I must say, I was always um always more of a striker. So bo- I was always I did boxing for the air force. So I was always more of sure. a stand up sort of person. When they and they was like adding in the takedowns. I was like, I can handle myself with takedowns. I used to do rugby. I can tackle that sort of thing. Nice. Yeah, and then nice. you get into a practice and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is this is different. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know it's as long as here's the thing most people who do jiu-jitsu very rarely will will go the other way they'll very rarely put themselves in a situation where they get punched in the face right and it is yeah. you know and uh, you know because i commentated so much mma and mm-hmm. i had a little dabble in mma myself and you know um i'm i'm not one of those people and i get equally as frustrated by by people who just think jiu-jitsu is everything and it's yeah. like well no if i elbow you in the face right now it's it's really not yeah exactly you know? Um, it's why that's why um, I quite like the Eddie Bravo um, the combat, combat jujitsu. Yeah, where, where yeah. they have like the, the a bit of the striking and they is it palm strikes they do. I it slaps. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's, it slaps more than palm strikes. It's supposed to be open hand strikes. Um, it's supposed to be, yeah. But I mean, that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's changing a little. Well, it's not changing a little bit, but you know, you've got like Tom Halpin. I think won it without throwing a single strike. You know, and I, I yeah. they've got another event coming up in Cancun. I think in a couple of weeks and I think Ash Williams from Wales is, is he's in it. And it wouldn't surprise me if he went out there and just submitted or positionally dominated everybody without throwing a single slap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how did you win? Well, I slapped some people. <laughs> it's yeah, happened though. They've had, they've had people win from Mount by just continually slapping someone in the face. Yeah. Cause going back to when, when we met, I remember having a, a brief, I think we were in the pub and had a little chat and uh, you were saying, uh, basically how jujitsu saved your life and i saw your little hashtag that you have on your um on your profile yeah um do, do, do you want to like 
talk about that at all or sure sure of course i mean you know it's it's one of those things where it's 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 really how people first became aware of not say aware of me that sounds ridiculous but but like i got a little bit of like um awareness and stuff when i sort of did the before and after photos and you know seymour yang uh is the illustrator mirkatsu did a little blog post on me and stuff when i lost my first chunk of weight and you know, I lost about between 130, 140 pounds, depending on when you, you know, we always do this a lot. I'm doing this a yeah, lot yeah. right now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, which, which, you know, we can talk about a bit because that's, that's a, that's a side of it that, oh, you know, 100% ma- massive, massive weight loss. It's a side of it that nobody ever talks about is how nobody fucking gets over it ever. You know, I, I think very few people do anyway, but I, you know, I was, I was lucky. I, I got into jujitsu. I was able to, you know, put myself in some challenging situations that really helped grow me as a person. And, you know, and I, I was proud of myself when I look back on it in that I made an effort to put myself in situations that were increasingly more uncomfortable. You know, I, yeah. I went and I, I had, albeit an amateur match, I had an amateur MMA match in a cage, you know, and I, I, I've been beaten up and I've been, stop with liver shots and leg kicks and like you know I've I've put myself in some situations that were not what I ever thought I would have um but that's just because of jiu-jitsu man I mean it's you you know I'm fairly confident that because of what I've learned in jiu-jitsu mentally I can put myself in a situation and get through said situation like it's not you know most of the time you just think right what's the worst that's going to happen well that's not going to happen kind of thing um you know my my sort of pre-competition thing always used to be it's like well even if i don't want to do something i'm not going to pussy out i'm going to go and do it so in x amount of time i'll be looking back on it knowing i will have done it so i might as well i used to do that with job interviews i used to do it with uh you know it's like well you're gonna go do it so in in a certain amount of time it's going to be done but um but sorry i I digress um yeah (laughs) and i just you know Jiu-jitsu is just, just the thing that helped galvanize everything for me and just click for me. And, um, you know, it, it really has allowed me to just think about everything differently. Uh, yeah, really. yeah. You know, I mean, so the weight you, loss is a massive, you, massive you part You can see of that with loads of different, loads of different things. And, and a lot of people got to realize that a weight, if, you're, if you're going through a weight loss journey, you don't have, you will find that you will find your niche that you right like stick to it, it, it's not it's not necessary i mean i i champion jiu-jitsu for it because i think it's the perfect blend of you know helping people to work out challenge themselves <clears throat> mentally you don't really think about the fact you're working out right because mm. there's a social aspect to it as well there's a big technical skill component to it right you could drill for an hour and a half you're not really thinking about i'm fucking running on a treadmill you're you're drilling for an hour and a half you're learning a skill but you happen to be exercising at the same time you throw in the opportunity to compete with people who are a similar age and athleticism and that kind of thing. Um, and then you throw in the social aspect and the discipline side of it. And, and I think it's great, but it could, as you well say, be anything, you know, how many people yeah, yeah. do you know, we've got into like extreme endurance athletics, yeah. right? They've gone from being a drug addict to being an ultra marathon yeah. runner or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. It could be anything. You just got to find what it is that you. Yeah, exactly. I've been trying to say it to to my missus for fucking ages now. She's always <laughs> bless her. She, she <laughs> she'll um she'll find something she enjoys. She'll do it for a sure. bit, see a few results, and then it seems to just trickle off. Right. And then she'll go, "Oh, I don't like the way I'm looking at the minute." It's like, "Well, you're the one that fucking stopped." 
<laughs> but me, uh, I know I'm fat. <laughs> um, Dude, I do the I do the same thing, man. I mean, like I, <clears throat> you know, I the last probably five or six competitions I did, um, I competed at around 185 pounds, right? And I've actually never walked around consistently at that weight. I would always yeah. cut down to get to that weight. And every single time I would say to myself, right, this is my new baseline. This is where I'm staying. <laughs> I'm going to improve and I'm going to improve from there. And maybe one day I'll have abs or, you know, whatever. And it never happened, man. I'd flip him. I'd, yeah. I'd go crazy eating straight away afterwards. And I'd go full Ricky yeah, not quite that bad. Like I've never, <laughs> I've never rebounded ridiculously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not. Truth be told, although I'm stronger now, I'm not that far off being the heaviest I've walked around that generally. Um, you know, because of because of all the the lockdown and everything, and kind of taking my focus off a bit. But yeah, you know, at the, at the same time, there's no way in hell I'm going back to anything even close to you know, close to what I was before. I mean, I can't, I can't fathom doing that. That's not happening. But, you know, I will jump around between like 190 and 215, like every year. Yeah. Like, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Like, right now, I'm trying to really put some habits and, and stuff in place so that I can have my first Christmas in a very long time without putting on 10 pounds. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. every year, yeah. clockwork, <laughs> you know. Same with everyone, that though, isn't it? It's, uh, oh. it's the old um, Ross Geller thing, isn't it? Off um, Friends. I'm carrying a little holiday weight. Um, <laughs> Yeah, very much. I'm, carrying, very a little, much so, I'm carrying a little lockdown weight at the minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, with with, with weight and, and that, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you there. So when I was boxing with the Air Force and um, we were going to go and do the Air Force competition at Wakefields, um, they basically told us we were doing it and then sent us on leave and then we came back <laughs> and started training. And um, <laughs> so. To be fair, I'm pretty sure 99% of us came back well oh, over the way. I think it was only my mate Dan that, that was like underweight and he was allowed to eat. Um, but yeah, my meals consisted of apples um, and I think I was allowed soup at dinner. Um, I was training <laughs> like four times a day. I went from 80... 85 kilos to 76.1 in like two and a half days, something like that. <laughs> and then I got fucking injured. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Um, and then they, worse. and then they sprung up on me. Uh, like once my injury cleared, they were like, right, Tomo, you're fighting in Bolton against uh, some bloke from the Olympic gym in Manchester. I was like, all right, you know, I'm not in fight shape. And they're like, ah, yeah. Know about it. Fucking ended up fighting in light heavyweight. That was fun. Um, <laughs> when you're five foot six. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, when I, I ended up doing one of those um, ultra white collar events. Oh, yeah. I've talked about it quite a few times on here. And I literally put myself into a fight camp and I, I dropped weight. Look, I was like, fucking hell, I've got abs coming here. <laughs> and I was like, when I finish this training camp, I'm going to maintain this. Yep. <laughs> Didn't. But yeah. And then. Best, in, best intention. It's like, it's like I it. need, I need some sort of event or like, like a Spartan race or something like that. Right. For me to yeah, then go, this... right, let's go train. 
this is a hundred percent it. If I, if I, I don't, don't mind, have... I, I, in fact, I love training. Can I get the motivation at the minute to go right, go train, or even if I'm going yeah. to work in my regular human job, I, I usually cycle. But at the minute, one of my mates or one of the co-workers lives around the corner. He's like, I'll give you a lift. But yeah. obviously, I'm going to choose a lift and not get on the bike. For sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's you, you know you you've got to have. I think just having not having a defined end point or an end mm. goal, just you know, it makes it so easy to meander. And I'm the exact same. If, if I don't have, you know, I've hit all those weights for competitions I've signed up for. I've never hit that weight without having a competition I've yeah. signed up for. And every time I've tried... Get that little extra motivation, um, isn't it? Yeah, because you've got to do it. <laughs> yeah. You've got to do it. You don't have a choice. You know, um, every time I've tried to do it without that, it, it's it's been way harder or I've stalled out somehow or... Or I've tried to interpret it that I should be, you know, losing weight or getting in shape a lot quicker than I, I am. And then I'll overdo that and, and crash that. So trying to get some sort of steady progress for no apparent reason other than life yeah. is, um, is harder, uh, which is what I'm, what I'm wrestling with, so to speak, at the moment. You know, yeah, trying to be, so, be more sensible about it all. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously when I was, when I was serving with the, with the regiment, it was easier then because obviously that's work. I've got to be physically right. fit for work. We'd, we'd have to do the part of the fucking training was yeah, like, oh, we've got a fucking 10 mile fucking tab today. Treat yourself. Yeah. But now it's like, I sit in an office now. Um. <laughs> well, this, this I've been, I've been, I mean, I have a lot of, <coughs> you know, a lot of friends back in the UK who are in the military, I have a lot of friends here yeah, in yeah. the military. And, and I'm, secretly so incredibly you know them some of my first responder friends i'm so envious of the guys who pt is a paid part of your job yeah now there are obviously massive ups and downs of other parts of the job i'm not you know but (laughs) but but that one particular aspect i'm like oh man i would love to get paid to go to the gym yeah that would be fantastic it's like it's like we used to get like half days for um sport sports afternoon yeah, where you, where you could go. Do you, it's like I'm getting paid to go and do this. So like, take yeah. my dad for example. My dad, he, he was a PJI in the Air Force, so a parachute jump instructor. That was okay. his job. Um, he started off as a PTI, the the um, uh, personal training instructor. That's how he started, yeah. and then he specialised as a parachute jump instructor. He was paid to go and perform jumps in California, in places like that, <laughs> South Africa. So. So he tells me his stories about when he was in. He's like, oh, I yeah. went and did this boy in fucking Africa. It's like, oh, brilliant. I went to the fucking desert <laughs> yeah. for fucking seven months yeah. to treat myself. That was it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, different ball game. Definitely, definitely. So are you, um, are you still contracted with Cage Warriors then as well? So we don't, I don't really have contract. I mean, I do with a couple of yeah, yeah, yeah. but not, not really with Cage Warriors. Um, pretty much at the moment, all that's happening is obviously you guys have got ridiculous, <coughs> not ridiculous because they're very needed, but you know what I mean? You've got lockdowns in the UK yeah, and um, it complicates because of they have to have a very tested bubble, including yeah. quarantining beforehand and stuff. It complicates me coming over. Um, and the simpler thing for the integrity and security of the bubble is to keep it as keep it as, small yeah, and as, local as, as, as possible. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, from my perspective, <sighs> 
I'm sitting these out until they're allowed fans back. And when oh, they're yeah. fans back and the you know the revenue jumps up because of that and it means things will have eased off, then I'll I'll fly back and you know oh, we'll knock some days. out. Days. Yeah, obviously there's the news that um Graham's got his promoter's license in California. I was gonna say they're going um, over the over the pond, aren't they? Well, hopefully we'll see. It'll be uh, you know, I mean it's funny, I got a message from one of the guys saying, uh, oh short a flight for you then. I'm like, eh, LAX is an hour less than flying to London. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, is so, it? No, people underestimate no. how big no. the united states is i think dude it's massive i i flew to um i flew to dublin to do a show i was i was transiting in dublin and my wife had a conference in san francisco and left the same day we flew out we both flew out of philadelphia airport the same day uh within like an hour of each other and my flight to dublin was quicker than her flight to san francisco Madness. you know <laughs> yeah Maybe like six and a half hours to Dublin, so it's not too bad. But yeah, the US is the US is very massive and very big, and it's it's a it genuinely is a collection of different countries. Like yeah. it, it really is. There's there's bits of the US, man, that I have zero in common with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, okay. and, and there's bits that obviously I do, you yeah. know. Um, but but culturally, it's just there's so much variation here, and yeah. so many, yeah, just you know. As you guys it's got a bit well strange know, time in the minute as well, isn't it? Yeah, I know you guys get a lot of the because I still listen to English news while I'm working in the office, and yeah. um, I still hear the stuff that that is being said about the uh, the election and that stuff here, and it's it's just a divided country, plain and simple. You know, yeah. there's a there's a a tendency to demonise and assume the most extreme position on the other side. Um, and, and almost everybody does this when the reality is most people are like me where they're kind of in the middle on, on yes. 99% of things. Yes. You know. I've been arguing that for ages. So it's... I remember putting... Yeah, put it's a post weird, out. man, because like... I put a post out and I went, you do realise that either the Prime Minister or the fucking President, I think I got this from um, Joe Rogan, in fact. It's just a, it's a popularity contest. It's who's popular at the minute? Seems to win it. Yeah, it can be. Um, it, it's it, the thing. The way I try and I try and look at it here, and I try and stay more balanced here, is obviously I, my gym here is easily a 50-50 split of political sides of the spectrum, right? It really does cut across everything, and I'm like, well, all these people are my friends. I'm not going to fall out with them because they would vote differently to how yes. I would vote. You know, um, most of the time, if we chose to have a coherent conversation about something, we would. Yeah. Um, typically, got, we don't talk. Why, is it, why yeah. does it always have to get heated and yeah, nuts? And now we don't talk about religion talk, or, or politics. Yeah. It's crazy. We don't we don't talk about either in the gym for obvious reasons, but we're all very aware of you know who has generally differing points of view. Um, all I ever try and do is, you know, because there's a, a lot of misinformation gets spread here, probably from the more right wing um, camps about, you know, how we approach things in Europe, um, yeah. you know, particularly when it comes to national healthcare service or our tax system, uh, employment rights is a big one, um, that kind of thing. And I just, you know, I kind of give them an honest, like a factual viewpoint. I'm like, well, you know, everybody gets this much time off and there's this much maternity leave and yeah, it's, yeah. you know, weird that you guys don't have that. You probably should have it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Uh, but I'm not going to fall out with anybody. And I just, you know, the, the more I get on, the more I'm like, I kind of tired of hearing of it all. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll 
it's the same thing, isn't it? It's like we obviously sorry, my shoelace has gone all nuts <laughs> on me. Um, it's, it's the crazy thing that we had like over here with, well, obviously the big one with Brexit, and then obviously sure. the uh, the election getting Boris in and and what have you, and. It's just crazy how how mad it goes, and obviously I've, I was trying to say this to um to someone the other day. The more you look for certain things, the more you're gonna you more you're actually gonna find them. Yep. So say say I was leaning more towards fucking Boris, I'm gonna find all the stuff that's pro Boris and makes Corbyn look like a fucking terrorist sympathizer and shit. And then you're like, well, he's sure. a fucking terrorist, and then you're like. <laughs> Hang on a minute, and then you end up don't going down rabbit holes, and then you end up being ultra right wing and fucking blinkered, and you're like, it's it's really hard to stay sensibly in the middle of some stuff here. Yeah. Um, it, it it really is, and like my local, you know, I'm a member of my township's local Facebook group just because you know it's easy to stay up on what's happening with you know the police are running initiative on this or you yeah. know or trash pickups delayed or you know <laughs> it's that kind of stuff but man around the election time it was nuts you know because the you know the entire area i live is although i live in new jersey which is very solidly a democratically controlled area the actual township area i live in is a bit more working class and, and it's very much a 50 50 split politically very much so craziness and um <laughs> yeah it, it is just weird you know um yeah, I you know I still don't really get used to seeing like political flags and signs on houses and stuff, and you know, yeah. it's it's well, all I was, just I was up actually quite level. I was quite chuffed the other day because um obviously well, the one thing I love about America is how patriotic they can be, like having the flags outside the house and and what have you. Okay, I'm curious to see where you go with this. I was walking down my my little village, uh, my street in my village. And um, it wasn't actually a, a union flag. It wasn't a St. George's Cross or anything like that. But they did have a massive flagpole with uh, the Remembrance Day fucking uh, flag flying. I was like, oh, that's made oh. me feel good, that. It was actually sure. two of them. Because I, I have the St. George's Cross flying outside the, the back of my shed. Um, yep. I had about a fucking thousand in here that would go in space. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to fly one. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've I've always wanted. I've said to the missus, I went, I want to fly the union flag outside the house. She's like, no, people start yeah. complaining. It's like it's totally it's totally different. How so? There is a fine line. So my personal feeling on it, I I like it for the most part. I have a Star Spangled Banner um, on a flagpole on the front of my garage on the front of my house. If I look out my window now, three of my neighbours do as well. Right. I have a half Union Jack, half um, Star Spangled Banner in my gym, in my garage. Right. Which is called the UK US friendship flag. It's just split diagonally and it's both flags. Yeah, I do. Uh, and, and it's the same flag I have as a morale patch on my backpack. Yeah. Right. Um, I, for the most part, like it. There is a point where it becomes a little bit weird for me. Um, the Pledge of Allegiance, they still do in schools here, right? So every day, the kids pledge allegiance to the flag, which is weird for me. Um, yeah, you know, well, it's not really, we I, wouldn't have done that really at school, I think. No, no. And it's, you know, I've even, so, I've even so, asked my kids 
recently, I went, do you actually know the national anthem? And they were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, here, okay, so here's the thing. The national anthem, the US national anthem, I love. I think it's great. So I, long, I, though. I, it can be, but like, <laughs> and they sing it a lot, <laughs> right? Oh, they love but like, it. But like sporting events here, I really like the national anthem. Yeah. I really enjoy it. You know, there are times when it is vastly inappropriate, though. And there is a barbecue restaurant near me that they do it because they are a veteran-owned and operated business. Yep. And um, obviously, as I'm sure you're well aware, the support for the military in general in the U.S. is 50x, 100x, you know, the way the general populace in the U.K. supports yeah. the military. Um, but this barbecue restaurant at noon every single day, uh, the entire dining room stops and everybody stands up and they put a waving flag on all the TV screens and they play the national anthem at noon every That's single day. That's a, bit a little of, bit much. Yeah. Confuse me. Cause I walked in there at 1259 the first time I ever went there and I was standing in line and all of a sudden everyone stopped. And, you know, I, I was very conscious of the fact I was the only one not with my hand on my heart. And I'm like, I'm not American. Like, yeah. what I, you yeah, know? Hey, I'm a, I'm a motherfucking red coat. Well, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> I sent you that. I, for anyone who like I, I have that joke constantly um, with my military friends in in the gym here. They'll send me messages yeah. like I'm watching you, red coat. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Um, I love but, all that. You know, I got it I with my that, license plate. I, I, on my I car, still have a you know? couple of close friends that were U.S. Marines when I was out in Bastion, and every nice. year Fourth of July, I'll send them a picture of the Union flag, yeah. and I'll put like happy treason day you happy treason day ungrateful colonials yeah, yeah that's the standard one that i share with them i've yeah. got one one friend who i he's uh he did i think three three tours out there and um i i still work out with him in the gym a couple of times a week good good friend of mine and um he'll send me like the picture of he has a uh, it will literally be like his uh star spangled banner suit it's a suit that's a star spangled <laughs> banner and it would just be that a plate carrier and an ar <laughs> and that's what that's what he posts on fourth of july <laughs> it's just the caption of murica <laughs> yeah literally but 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 there's there's some, i i i wish we in the uk had a bit more of it i wish we yes. were a bit more fucking uh, get some it's, you know, it's, it's crazy our, our country, you know, because kind of thing but within reason. It, what really yeah. like grinds on me is i've had it before where I, I had a picture up on um on my Facebook of me smoking a cigar with my flag waving in the background. Yeah. And um there was a, a bit of a debate. I think it was during the Black Lives Matter movement that seems to have gone quiet for some reason. I'm unsure why. Um <laughs> but so someone was like saying, Oh, if you've got a flag waving and, and this and that, you're you're a racist. I was like, hang on a minute. Right. It's like so this is the this is the this is what is starting to happen, I think, a little bit here in the US. And it's what's obviously already happened in the UK. And it's the co-opting of so I saw it here with this election particularly. Yeah. And I saw it really frequently in this, you know, my local township. And it was this idea that if you don't support Donald Trump and the right wing, you are somehow not a patriot and you are not American. Yeah. And if you're not flying the, if you're not flying an American flag, you are somehow not a patriot and not American. And it's starting to get very co-opted by one political side of the spectrum when it really shouldn't be. And that's kind of what I feel, you know, 
happened in the UK to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, definitely. As you say, how I, how I much do you see, you see someone flying a St George's Cross, you assume they're probably British National Party or something. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's know? what that's what I said. I said, um, so you, what I said, what so what you're seeing in my photo is a white male, heterosexual male, flying a St George's Cross. So that automatically makes me a racist. And then it, and then she was like, no, 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 no. I was like, well, that's what you're that's what you're implying. I went, I have I have you know, blah blah blah. I work with so and so, so about like. But then I think, why should I have to justify myself? Because I know I'm not racist. Everybody I yeah. know knows I'm not racist. <laughs> it's like this is madness. I'm a it's... I'm a patriot. I I fought for my country i should be allowed to fly my flag well, by, yeah, by, the very, by the very definition <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. i should be able to fly it just because i it's like it's like, yeah it's i think whole, there's a the whole offense thing as well i'm offended well how are you offended by a bit of cloth with some colors on it unless it was sure. a fucking swastika or something i could understand yeah i mean the the battle here is not really over the america i don't think anyone seriously looks at the american flag and never gets upset the the battle here is obviously the confederate flag yes uh which which i don't really understand i mean i you know yeah i'm a, I'm a bit yet, so. a bit naive on on the whole um civil war stuff if i'm honest um, yeah i very much enjoy i very much enjoy the the history of it, it's do you know what this is the weird thing and this is this comes down to you know american culture being so pervasive in movies and stuff but it's like i know way more about the american civil war than i do about Eng- old english history yes Va- vastly more yes um you know the, the worst um, though is when you watch i watched a um a tv series on amazon you might have seen it called turn where no. with the fir- with the washington's first spies so basically right. um it, it goes through all um how benedict arnold is benedict arnold uh, became the turncoat yeah. and joined the red coats and all that that's yeah. all in it and it's basically that about the um, Revolution War. And I was watching it and it's and it's like, oh, I'm definitely on the side of the Americans here. This is brilliant. <laughs> it's like, hang on a minute, what am I saying? <laughs> no, I mean, it was, you know, I particularly like where I live in the US because I live in the area of the US where there's genuine history and a lot yeah. of these events took place, obviously. I mean, Philadelphia <coughs> was the first capital. It's where the Declaration of Independence was signed. Um, I was up in Philadelphia 76ers. Basketball, really? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you know, and I went up to, um, you know, I went up to Boston not that long ago for a little weekend getaway. And obviously that's very much Revolutionary War territory. You know, I was able to find uh, uh, Palmer's gravestone, like my surname gravestone in one of the battlefield cemeteries in Boston, you know, and, and then I was up at, you know, at Bunker Hill and all of those things, you know, yeah. where that famous saying, don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes came from. And, yeah. you know, I was like, well, shit, my, my ancestors lost this battle, but bloody hell, you know. But then I was sitting there thinking, this must have been, what must it have been like to, to fight in that in unreal? Like, Absolutely and I, I get very, I get very emotionally overwhelmed thinking about a lot of that stuff. And I, I find it fascinating and moving and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I particularly like that I get to experience a bit more of that history being being here. Definitely. Um, and I remember uh, reading in the, in the paper, um, 
So obviously over here, if you um, take your kids out of school, you get fined. Right. Right. Okay. So if it's an unauthorized absence, you get the parents get a fine. Um, and I remember reading about this, this guy that was taking a trip to Boston um, and he took his family with him and he got this fine. And he was like, hang on a minute. I'll stop you there because they actually went on an educational holiday. We went to sure. Boston. We learned all about the uh, the war and all this sort of stuff. And, and he was like, so they've actually learned more doing this holiday than they would have done in your classroom. And it's like, and then it's like, no, you still got to pay the fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely, I mean, look, I was very fortunate. I went to what you, you would consider classic English boarding schools um, the, the whole time. And, I don't remember most of the stuff regarding English civil war history or that kind of thing. No. Um, but yeah, so here's a different ball game. I got to go to some civil war sites here as well when I was down in, in like Savannah and, and Georgia what, what, and that what, kind of thing. As, as a military uh, minded person, what a crazy way to fight as well. They oh, literally would march out. March to march toe to toe on open fields. Shoot. If you miss, you're fucked basically. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I, like I say, I can't, I can't fathom what it was like. Um, no, I, I, and, even, even know. to closer wars as well. Obviously just, just go, going back to world war one, world war two remembrance on the couple of weekends ago. It's like, the, the war that I the wars that I went to were obviously a lot different, but I couldn't even imagine being in in those wars. Like it's like, well, I mean, it's got to be weird for you guys because I'm sure, you know, the average person like me who is, you know, fingers crossed, never going to be in a situation even remotely like that ever. Um, you know, we have zero realistic frame of reference to you know unless we can be really objective about it we have zero realistic frame of reference you guys at least have some frame of reference yeah does that make sense yeah you i know, know i know where you're coming from it's it's like you hold like a... I, like yeah like i can visualize it but the reality is that i you know fuck do i know nothing <laughs> you know <there> are... <laughs> like like seriously my my experience comes from talking to people who've been there done it etc yeah, yeah. it doesn't uh, you know uh, got a, got so a funny story actually from the from this weekend so my daughters were playing on Fortnite, as they do as kids do mm -hmm. and i i <laughs> i said to my youngest i went oh can i have a go she was like yeah yeah so i got the fucking remote and um all i could hear was um my eldest shouting from because one was playing on the Nintendo and the other one was playing on the Xbox. So I took the Nintendo one and I was playing away, had the headset on, feeling really fucking cool. And uh, my eldest got killed by someone, and all I could hear was, "Dad, can you revive me? Can you revive me?" And all I could, <laughs> all I, all that was coming through my head was, "I gotta win the firefight first. <laughs> Self-medicate." <laughs> And then I, all I could hear was my oh, missus. Was, she, my missus popped her head in. She went, "You do know that's a computer game." I went, "Yes, yeah, real life to me right now." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's 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 interesting here. The um, the the general population here seems to, as I say, they just have a different way of looking at the military military service. Um, yeah, it's, than people back home do. It it's getting there now. I feel. I feel that. Now that I'm, I've mentioned it um, with uh, Mark Ormrod 
um, the, other, the other week uh, on the show, he's a he's a, another vet that uh, tragically lost both his legs and an arm. Um, but we, we were we were discussing how now it is almost catching up with America, where it's cool to be a veteran. Um, <laughs> like over over here for fucking years and years and years, you say if you went to a, a someone and said, "What do you think a veteran is?" They would say, "Oh, the old boys from World War Two, with all the medals." Right. On. But now yeah. it's like, "What do you think of a veteran?" Oh, it's like yourself that's got a podcast. It's this guy that's got a veteran-owned company. Like, it's like it's now. Oh, that's a veteran-owned company. That's a cool thing to. It's, it just seems to have yeah. taken a bit of a turn. Um, Good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. It's some yeah. things are still um, behind the times. Um, in regards to mental health and things like that, which I'll discuss with you in a second, because um, obviously sure. I had a bit of a uh, bit of shit on the weekend that I said I was going to discuss, and I will. Um, oh, okay. But um, yeah, uh, I've always been an admirer of how the Americans treat their 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 servicemen and women and and their veterans. They even have a day vet. Like yes, we have um, Remembrance Day. So- but they've got they've got. Because Veterans Day to... is Remembrance Day, and then you have Memorial yeah. Day as well, don't so, you? So, exactly. So Memorial Day <laughs> is to commemorate um, soldiers who are no longer with us. Yeah. And Veterans Day is to commemorate, which falls with Remembrance Day, effectively, in the yeah. UK, um, is to commemorate currently serving members. Uh, so we have both of those two. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a, a lot of... Uh, a, you know additional perks here for being a veteran you know it's preferential banking rates and mortgage rates and uh you know just general discounts and and that kind of thing so um everybody here kind of appreciates military service in a different light yeah um obviously the military is vastly bigger as well i mean <laughs> you know yeah, they're not as good so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have i have no you know grapple no guys from both services <laughs> grapple guys from both services in both countries they're both great <laughs> Uh, but yeah, to be fair, like I said, it is starting to take a, a turnaround. We do have like the defense discount card and things like that for servicemen oh, and, and, and veterans, um, which you get a good few discount codes and things like that. But there's there's so many things on there that you don't even think to go and look up. Like you get sure. things off like holidays and shit like that. that I was like looking through the list and I was like, why have I not done this before? <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a website there's a website here called GovX, um, yeah. which is only for like military and government employee contractors, yeah. and um, they get discounts on like everything. Like, oh, you want a new bench made? Well, it's two hundred bucks cheaper on there to buy it yeah. than you know um, that that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, I, I have several friends I know who like anytime their family needs something, they're like, I'll get it for you on GovX. <laughs> yeah. It's the best way to be. Best way to be. Tell you what I did enjoy was your uh, your photo that you sent me the other day with uh, with your, your uh, the, my dust cover. Yeah, it's oh. funny. I haven't really shown many people that because I don't. So I don't really put stuff out there related to things like that all that much because it's a divisive subject and it's a divisive yeah. subject within my own family um, as well. And obviously, you know, I come from the UK where we don't have uh, firearms in the same capacity as we do over here um but 
I very much enjoy shooting at the range. I make a point of only going once a month at the moment because ammo is very expensive right now. Um, very, very expensive right now. Like think triple what it should usually be. Um, but you know, I'll make time as though they're once a ready month for at least. Uh, <laughs> or stopping no, look, people I mean, getting ready for something. The the basically ammo prices in the US are on a four year cycle anyway. With the election, they ah, always okay. peak. And, and and during surge times, nobody retools machines to meet demand because you know the demand's going to come back down again. Um, yeah. But obviously, it was exacerbated by the pandemic here where you had some ungodly number of new gun owners purchased this year. Um, and, and it meant that there's a, you know, there's a massive shortage of, of uh, available ammunition and firearms in general. I mean, I know my local gun store um, who I used for my transfers were, that's brilliant. In you know, itself. Sold, sold out of almost everything. Well, my in fact, local, I have a local, my local gun, store. gun store, just popping pop out to the shop. Where are you going? The gun <laughs> store, obviously. There's like four, there's like four within me. Now, what you've got to remember is I live in New Jersey, right? Which has, um, which has rules that the majority of gun owners in the US consider to be evil and unconstitutional. Um, I happen to quite like them, which puts me in a very weird spot as being a liberal gun owner who likes the gun control that I am under, if that makes sense. Um, So for instance, if I want to buy another pistol, I have to apply for a permit to get said pistol. And then I have to yeah, which clear is, an extra which, when you think about depth. it, that's how it should be. Right. Applying for yeah. permits and, and getting right. accepted. I, and, exactly. I had to be awarded the right hoops to, to yeah. Similar I, over I here, have, if you need to get if you want to get your shotgun license, you have to have a gun safe and sure. do this. Oh well you see yeah, but you see that's that would be a fourth amendment violation here if anyone was to come into your house and try and check that you have a gun safe. Now I obviously have a gun safe because I'm a responsible gun owner. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you don't you you don't <laughs> but you don't have to. Um but no, I mean look, I'm the first uh, in my entire township of the area where I live, I'm the first non US citizen to have been awarded a firearms permit. That's I'm so it's, it's, right now. it's a it's a cool fact yeah most most uh most americans don't even appreciate that you don't have to be a u.s citizen to own firearms um but you can so i take advantage of that I, you know and i i go shoot at the range i don't really have them for self-defense because on my hierarchy of risk assessment within my life uh an armed intruder breaking into my house is not up there i've got dogs i've got cameras i've got secure locks like there's there's things yeah. that have to happen before we reach that yeah, um, they've got to go but, through a few hoops before they get right shot place. but <laughs> shooting at the range as a martial skill as an extension of what i do in jujitsu right with breath control yeah. grip yeah. control recoil management all those things Marksmanship principles right it feels very like i'm doing a martial art um particularly if you know it the is way a, I train uh, the moment. it is a a good feeling and now i never really appreciated it until i actually left the military mm. um like if we were told i'll oh, go to the range today i was always like for fuck's sake that means i have to get my gun out and i gotta clean it um <laughs> But now yeah, it's I, like I, I oh, a lot of people here. Don't, now don't I'm like, oh, I wish I wish I could just go to the range. I'd love to just go to the range and just. Yeah. Empty. So for me, it's, you know, I posted I posted a rare Instagram post about it last month when I went and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, meditation. It's like it is. It's an hour yeah. of me being very, very focused and very, very deliberate um, in the drills I'm running and the motions I'm doing and what I'm concentrating on. Um, 
Yeah, it just occurred to me that when you started this segue off, we didn't actually explain what you liked, about, what you what you thought was funny about my rifle. But obviously, for <laughs> people who don't know at home, is a, a an AR-15 has a dust cover that comes open to eject the casings out of, and my dust cover has a laser engraved UK flag and US flag side by side. Uh, and then when it flips open, the inside is engraved with the UK US friendship flag, and it has text next to it that says "I'm complicated." Um. <laughs> that's that's the best way so, to be. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's amazing. Um, but yeah, like like I said a minute ago, I was going to get back to a certain subject that I was going to um, bring up, and um, I saw you post this, but I've no idea what it was in reference. Yeah, to. so basically, I, I posted it. I posted the original one, and I put the guy on blast, and I thought, you know, fuck this guy, and I put his name out there and and everything. Um, so basically, what happened was I got I got. I got trolled for the first time in about a year. And it's another person that's popped up and said that I'm a disgrace to my regiment uh, for starting the podcast. Uh, I'm lying about everything that I've ever done, which I've been completely honest with what I've done, which isn't much. Yes, I went to Iraq, got rocketed a few times, went on patrols, had a good had a good time. It was a good time. Uh, went to Kandahar, same sort of thing. Had a corporal pull a wire out, and I thought I was going to fucking die, but it ended up not being what it what I thought it was. Rocketed a few times, and then my final tour. Yeah, I was in the command center. Never said that I was kicking down doors with the SAS or anything like that. Um, and um, unfortunately for me, but also fortunately because it helped me discover the podcast. I. Uh, was diagnosed with PTSD, depression and anxiety through my therapist and my doctor. Um, so to which is why I started the podcast. Uh, but sure. apparently I've uh, been lying about it. I've been using this as a platform to sell my lies, to put the regiment into disrepute and all this and all that. Um, so basically what I did was I screenshotted every single thing that this guy was saying and put it out there for the world to see. Um, not that I have a vast following of, um, of followers, but enough, um, especially in certain higher ranks within the air force that actually, sure. that actually appreciate the podcast for what I'm doing. Um, but I retracted it because I thought that's not going to help anyone and it's not something that i really stand by i was angry i was frustrated <clears throat> and basically what what it was is that this guy I, i've never met this guy he was in he's in the same regiment as what i was in never met him though um he doesn't know me i don't know him so i don't know where he's getting this information from um and basically it's the same with quite a few people within the military as a whole where they're very uneducated in terms of mental health and how right. it affects everybody differently, especially in terms of, well, well, yeah, like I said, it affects everybody differently. Everybody's different. Everybody will see something or do something that will affect them differently. You could see something that would affect you and cause you a great deal For of sure. pain mentally. I could see it and go, well, the fuck's his problem. Yep. Um, and I can hold my hands up. I put a post about it today. When I first left the military, I was dealing with a lot of problems that I didn't know how to um, comprehend and, and articulate 
in a way that I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I feeling like this? I found out that a close friend of mine was suffering with depression. And I was like, what the fuck has he got to be depressed about? And I gave him a bit of shit. Um, not to right. his face, but like talking to my missus. And I'm like, what? What's, what's, what? There's nothing wrong with him. He didn't do anything on tour. And it's not until I really stopped, stopped and thought and was like, hang on a minute, mate. You've got a lot of issues going on here and you have never dealt with them. You've never spoke about it you've never addressed it and i found myself getting very angry very frustrated very snappy very just emotional but without really showing any and it was very much you're right and the standard issue i'm fine yeah of course and that's what a lot of people don't realize within the military that just because someone is now outspoken about it and trying to make a difference doesn't mean they're not they're faking it and it's just the same as you could look back now not military wise this is just general men's mental health we'll say you look at someone like robin williams yeah you'd say he's a fucking life and soul of the party you never know and you don't know and just because just because you can't the quote lincoln park just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there yeah there is it is obviously international. I think it's International Men's Day this week. Um, Fantastic. Rather appropriately, I don't know if you you browse Reddit at all, but on Ask Reddit currently, there's a post with, I don't know, 26,000 comments or something, uh, which is a serious post. And it's uh, men of Reddit who never show your emotions. What do you want to say that you don't feel you can say to anyone? And... Man, that's uh, some heavy reading. Like I, you, I you, you are running the complete gamut there of like, it, you know, it really goes to show everybody's fighting their own battles. Don't be a dick to them. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just like, be- like everybody, you know, it's um, it's everybody like, has something that they're exactly they're getting hung up on. What my, my my brother summed it up to me, like almost perfectly as well. He went, what what could be going through his head that he woke up in the morning and went, I'm going to message Tomo today. Yeah. Bit of projection probably. Um, I mean, my, I I used to get quite arsy with people who would, if someone would criticize me, um, you know, it doesn't happen that often with like the commentary and stuff that I do where people say nasty things. It it doesn't happen all that often. Um, But I, (laughs) I just started replying to people like, is everything all right with you that you felt the need to say that? Yeah. <laughs> that would aggravate them more, it, which probably wasn't. It's like, it's like a, I've had really quite a few people say, just kill him with kindness. And it's like, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I like, that, which is when I um, decided to retract the original. I kept the, the I kept the, uh, the narrative that I put up, but I changed obviously the picture. Um, Cause I sure. thought, but, Looking through the guys, um, like I'm not a friend with him or anything, but obviously you can check at photos and things like that. And it's like you've got you've got a daughter, mate. Why are you? Uh, what yeah. Sort of, what why, you're, what are you going to show your daughter about? So the difference between me and you at the minute, mate, is that when I was really struggling, it was my daughter that came and found me 
curled up in a ball, which I've mentioned several times, it's been in the in the documentary that I put out, it's in, in my book that I'm writing. She came into my kitchen, saw me on the floor, picked me up and told me basically, Daddy, it's okay. We we all love you. You're you're gonna be fine. Like and how can I then go and explain to my it's it's crazy. Like it, it yeah. I mean my you know how I deal with a lot of this now is when it's other people, when it's me, it's different, right? Like I don't, uh, I'm, I'm 99.9% certain, uh, I've never been depressed in any way, shape or form. I have down days like yeah, sure. everybody does, you know, I have days where I'm like, Oh man, I don't feel like doing shit today. Like, you know, yeah. it's rare, but like it happens, but I don't think I've ever been, you know, I have my hangups to do with my weight loss and, and that kind of thing. And probably some body dysmorphia knocking around. But in terms of other people, you know, I, I read a book um, years ago called The Chimp Paradox. My brother's reading that. He said he, said, he told me I need right. to read it. It's fantastic. And there's a there's a bit. I'm pretty certain it was that book. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a bit in it. There's a bit in it where they talk about uh, your reaction to things and your you know your lizard brain, your animal brain, your lizard brain versus your kind of analytical brain. And I realized that yeah, your first reaction to things is to get pissed off and lash out. But the reality is that if you don't yeah. say anything and you consider it then you can rationalize everything in your head and ultimately don't worry about shit you don't have direct control over so like yes. if someone wants to say something bad about me i don't have direct control over it i'm not going to waste time about it and all i do is i don't react out loud to anything now um yeah in the, that's negative uh which you know is is it was funny with my ex and and my wife to a certain extent because you know if they want it sometimes they like having a good row <laughs> and i'm like i'm not saying anything <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah that's the light it's the light-hearted side of it but you know the, the very serious thing yeah, is i just i, I, I totally get I don't, that and it's it's yeah. something that i need to control that initial instinct like you said like my initial instinct i had some fucking comebacks like ready to go and i was like Take a minute. Let's yeah, not, there's no benefit. Let's, let's not send that it's, one. And then, and then I put the thing out, and then a few people commented me, commented back to me, and was like, "Mate, what you're doing there is is brilliant, but you probably don't need to send his name out and and things like yeah. that." And then I was like, "Yeah, you got a point there." There's, there's, what I've, I've been wondering, what I've been wondering a lot more recently, I've I've never been to therapy right for for anything but it's a much more accepted thing here in the us i think than in yeah. the uk and you know I, I have several friends who i know have benefited from that and i'm wondering if almost everybody wouldn't benefit from it at some point i think so mate i did it you know i did it a few a few times um i was going through a, a tough patch with uh, with the missus and she was like right you, you're going to therapy and i was like Nah, she's like, no, you're going to therapy. I was like, all right, I better go. Um, so I went and basically I sat down and she literally asked me about two questions. And the next thing I know, I'm in floods of tears, fucking <laughs> opening yeah. up to this fucking woman that I've never met about things that happened that took place when I was a kid that I witnessed and things like that. And I was like, Whoa. and then it's like, oh, fucking hell, that, that's, di that's different. And then Literally, fast forward um, to quite recently going on, I, I went and did a, a course called the Inner Armour course, which I've mentioned 
fucking loads of times on here. I fully stand by it. And basically it's um, a post-traumatic growth sort of course where they use positive psychology through a 28, okay. 28 question process. And basically the bloke that does it, a good friend of mine now, Al, uh, Al McGregor, he asks you these questions and then he'll um, offer you like a challenge or he'll, he'll offer you like an insight to what you've just said Mm -hmm. reflection and things like that and the way he picks apart all these little bits he opened me up the way i described it i think he put it on his website um he opened me up like i was a packet of crisps <laughs> and he discovered that i was lacking a lot of pride in what i was doing and all this sure. which, which was like a, a huge stem to my depression and what have you and it was like fucking hell never even thought of that <laughs> and but yeah, but, but it helps to have a sounding board to explain that. Yeah. It? Yeah. And there's so many, it's just within the military itself, they, they need to do, they need to do more. There is, there are things I've got a guy coming on the show soon. Um, who is a resilience trainer, I believe within the military, um, Interesting. mental okay. resilience, which I think a lot of that is good. There's a lot of it that I'm, a bit skeptical hippo over um <laughs> but yeah i just think they need to do a bit more in in terms of preparation to prev to prevent or or not well not to prevent um I, I i use it as say coaching and having tools in your belt um yeah so having these for example the inner armor techniques You've got a few a few chaps within your within your section, if not all, will have these techniques. So that if one of you goes down, you can then help each other. I call it the buddy buddy system. Sure. Um, what they've got now is nothing in case of they've got, oh, you've got it. Let's now try and fix it. Yeah, it's it's treating it's you know, yeah, it's treating um symptoms rather than, you know, yeah. cause effectively, isn't it? So yeah. It's a better yeah, way to put it, I mean, an easier way to put it than what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> you talk no, for a minute. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm also, believe it or not, I am I am a qualified performance coach for that sort of thing. <laughs> so, uh, well, it was more when I, uh, when I knew I was leaving the country and Cage Warriors had stopped doing shows for about a year, I was like, I'm going to find something else to fill my extracurricular time with that looks interesting. And, yeah. uh, my boss had just started working with a business coach and I was like, well, that sort of thing sounds interesting. Let me look at that. And, uh, you know, and I, I spent like a year, you know, doing a lot of extra training and stuff with, um, with, with how to essentially coach people to do things. Um, you know, it's more just question formation and that kind of thing. I mean, it's not, it's not therapy. It's more proactive forward looking. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, one of the guys I met doing that now runs the whole man Academy, um, in the UK who are doing great things with, with increasing men's, you know, goal setting and mental health awareness yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, it was a, for me personally, it was a very useful process just to go through for myself because obviously all the, all the introspective stuff that you're learning, how to take other people through, you kind of have to do yourself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's like, right, where am I now? How am I going to achieve this? What am I going to do through yeah. this? And, you know, it's like anything, you need consistency to keep doing it. But 
it's a useful thing. Um, from my perspective, there's still, you know, pretty much the only thing I get hung up on my life is the is the the workout thing. And you know, am I happy with how I look relative to my physical performance in the gym? Yeah, yeah. That's always the way, isn't it? Is as well going back to the the weight loss and things and setting goals and and what have you. I totally agree there. Like I said to the missus the other day, like I'm I'm still as strong as I was when I was using the gym. I'm not as as aesthetically pleased with myself i've got a bit of a right uh, what i now call a veteran body which is pretty much like a dad bod apart from my knees hurt right. um, <laughs> okay knees and back <laughs> um but yeah. yeah it's like it's like i was saying to the other day i was like i was looking at myself and i was like i'm still happy with like my arms my shoulders my chest when mm-hmm. and my legs i'm like do i really give a shit if i've got a six pack not, right not really at the minute but then i look at myself in the mirror from time to time and i go you used to box, mate, and you were ripped. Right. Yeah, I think I think it does. What doesn't help me a little bit is like I train with like a yes, gym that's where eighty percent of people are fucking <laughs> shredded, yeah. right? Eighty percent of people have obliques and eight packs, <laughs> you yeah. know. And I'm like, ah. But it also, I mean, doesn't like, help if you're doing the cage warriors thing and you see those handsome, right? Punks. Constantly. I know. I know. I know. You. I know. You had Mason on your podcast a while I did. ago. <laughs> Shout out to like, powerful Mason Jones. But but I'll give you a really good example of where this can just this can fuck you up for no reason, right? It's like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, I'm gonna start lifting again, probably. But a few more than a few weeks ago, a month ago now, and um, I pulled a 400 pound deadlift, right? And it's like I've only ever done that once in my entire life, and it was like seven years ago in the middle of a fight <laughs> camp where I was fucking yeah. going for it, and I was like. And I, you know, I was like, well, I hadn't been back in the gym that long and I just pulled a 400 pound deadlift. So I should be fucking happy about that. Not, I weighed myself the next day and because I ate some carbs, I'm a pound and a half heavier. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But it's like, come on, man. Let's be happy with these performance metrics and beat these performance metrics. A scale weight is not a performance metric I need to give a shit about. Yeah. It's it's one of those little things that they, they mention on the inner armor sort of, course that you will you'll tend to focus more on the negative bit than yeah than, a, than the happy positive 100%. bit which is something that we've all got to really sort of train our minds to get out of um which is which is difficult yeah it's like, oh, it's very, like very much so the amount of positive comments that i've had over the past year almost two years doing this thing right but you focused on that one well, fucking focused, negative one didn't you when i had that fucking idiot <laughs> doesn't know me i don't know him tells me i'm a fucking waste of space i'm like well fuck you Dude, I'll i can show I, you i will give you a recent example of this okay for, for me um so i i'm very fortunate in that i picked up this new gig uh over the last few months with bass Rutan doing karate combat right yes and insanely fun the most fun i've ever had filming anything ever right um and I was replacing, most people don't know because they didn't see it before, but I directly stepped in to replace Brian Callan and Marshall Lynch, right? Who's Powerful the Brian running Callan. Right. Not, and Marshall Lynch, who's the, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. And, uh, and so like I stepped in to replace these two and I went through and I read all of the comments on the, the previous episodes these guys had done of, and it was it was hundreds of comments of people just saying what the fuck are these guys on this is ridiculous like just just ripping it out of them and 
when I knew the first episode we did was going to air, I was like, right, I am fucking bracing for this because like there's going to be, you know, who's a fucking English guy or something, you know. I was yeah. really ready for it to be bad. And it went, it did a 180 the other way, right? It was, it was 98% was comments saying, oh, so much better. Oh, someone taking it seriously. Oh, someone who knows what they're talking about. But there was one fucker, one guy on YouTube. And he did it, he did it three consecutive weeks, right? He did it three, because the, the episodes come out every Sunday. He's yeah. like, where are Brian Callen and Marshall Lynch? This guy sucks. <laughs> it's like one guy, one guy. Just remember that, you guy. know. And I'm just like, oh, you dickhead, you know. Yeah. Which I mean, it goes to show, you know, that those guys who say don't read the comments are right, <laughs> you yes. know, a lot of the time. As, as <laughs> you know, as the benchmark Joe Rogan always says, why are you reading the comments? Right, right. But I mean, you know, I I read them because sometimes people do have uh, useful input. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. You know, it does. And, believe and it or not, let's it face it, I I, it, I very rarely get like super comments on any of my posts. But if I do, it's like you get that little boost of like positive endorphins yeah, flowing through you like yeah yes, so when you exactly, when you when you, you know when you get the words right on your post you've got a fucking alley picture and you're like yeah people are gonna <laughs> love this photo. See, I, see i don't i know people are like oh you, you know you shouldn't rely on external validation i'm like well it makes me feel good so i'm yeah, gonna have i do get enjoy that, that. and, I, and as much as i rip the you shit know. out of these fucking gym chicks and influencers it is a drug at the end of the day and it does feel good when you get a yeah. fucking like like yeah, for sure uh, i think my what my best post that i've had recently was like 93 likes or something i was like fucking yes and i'm now at right. ni- 930 followers i'm like i'm fucking i'm bossing this now <laughs> what, I, what i have very much the, the more i get to interact with people who have le- like i did you, you guys won't see it yet because it doesn't come out for a little bit but i did some filming that'll be out in a few weeks with a guy who has over three million followers and um just a couple then right? it's just a different level man like at that point you don't like it doesn't you could post something that was good for i mean and to be fair it happens with it happens with my friends who have like 150,000 followers right like you could you could post something that is by every conceivable metric and standard good for humanity and positive yeah. <laughs> and there'll still be people yeah who will want to tear who will want to tear it down like that you know so i always think it's funny a... though as well with with like famous like proper famous people hmm. like they could post pretty much nothing like they'll, right. they'll they could put on twitter like a full stop and there'll be a <laughs> million get likes, thousand likes. likes. Yeah. why are people liking that but <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it's a different it world is, mate. it is and it is remember, weird what some people follow i have yeah, to say it, it, it watched, gets very weird i watched this um this uh sort it was like a a mini sort of documentary based tv program thing anyway um it was basically a a take on someone who had just come out of like love island or something like that or big brother i think right yeah and how they shoot to fame and how like every they crash immediately it's a bit like a fucking uh black mirror type program but yeah based in in now time and it was like he had alarm set on his phone where he had to do a post for a protein shake right and be like hey guys and be all happy and then he put his phone away and be all fucking 
Yeah, and then the, ne- and then the next series comes out, and then he's just a nobody, and he can't get to grips with it, and then ends up. Spoiler alert! I can't even remember what the fucking program's called, so it doesn't really matter. But he ends up I imagine- like, trying to top himself because he gets that depressed, and it's like I can yeah. see that happening with a lot of these. It's got to be. It's got to be a trip, man. I mean, you know, a cu- there's a couple of things I've been fortunate enough to do where it's like oh i've had an assistant while i've been there and you know and i'm like i can't imagine what it would be like if that was your life like 24 7 365 and then suddenly it wasn't you know it's uh it's gotta be and and then you can sort of see why they then go on to programs like i'm a celebrity and celebrity big brother and, and things like that it's like oh i get it i do get it yeah you fuck me off, but I do get it. Um, <laughs> trying to spin a positive light on everyone, but you do fuck me off. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I say it to be fair. I'm, I'm, I can be a bit of a troll, I guess. Um, it's mainly with 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 my daughters and what they watch because they they go onto YouTube and watch all these YouTubers, and right. I'm like, it's because I'm a grumpy old man. I'm like, they fuck me off because they. <laughs> The more you're watching, the more they're getting paid, and right, they're, they're making like money from filming from filming a mundane life. Yeah, and 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 I was trying to say to him, "What are they bringing though? What are they bringing to for this entertainment? This is not entertainment. They've just opened a bunch of toys, and you're watching. Them oh, those it. ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So certain YouTubers, I get it because they, they some of them can be quite entertaining, and I'm like, oh yeah, as they're playing hide and seek. Fucking yeah. from their wife running past their Lamborghini and I'm like how the I fuck mean, have I, you afforded that there's there's a lot of YouTubers <laughs> I I actually watch a, quite a lot of YouTubers as as a you know rather than watching a TV show or a film or something yeah. there's quite a lot of YouTubers I watch because generally I will learn something and um, you know the, some of the ones where you see a bit more about what their day to day life is like rather than versus what they're you know there's a couple of uh, like strength and conditioning guys who I follow who the yeah. same thing there's uh there's some guys in the firearms world like demolition ranch is an obvious one right like the guy's got eight million followers and it's all his videos are him just basically having fun shooting just random living, things living with random firearms yeah. right but he has a, he has a side channel called off the ranch which is more his daily life and it's like the dude's got a 25 part series of renovating this massive abandoned mansion ranch he's got on the top of this hill in texas and i'm like that's cool you know yeah. so it's like I, I i get it you know oh yeah don't get me wrong. I get the I get the, the ones that are bringing something that is that is entertaining, all for it. But the ones that are tailored for for kids so that they get watched on loop and loop and loop, so that right. they then get like adults opening kids' toys and playing with them See, and doing the voices. That fucks me off. And when, when you be... <laughs> that seems weird. I don't have kids yet. Obviously, yeah, we've got to wait, wait until early next you year. For wait. That, but I'm I'm slightly nervous about that. And I the, must the, say. the one that they do at the minute, so they've got this this computer game on their iPad and the eldest's phone called Roblox, where they can bit like it's a bit like Sims, but shit. Um, <laughs> where they can design okay. their own like house and they can go and see their mate and whatever. Sure. Um, but they now watch these youtubers playing the game and they're watching them play the game right. why are you watching them play it fucking play it <laughs> so you're not a fan of twitch then <laughs> the this, is, this, is the, this is the this is the grumpy this is the grumpy 30 year old man coming out of me just it's play the fucking game there was 
there was oh, I'm trying to remember where I read it, but there was quite an interesting article I read on the psychology of if you if you have played a game yourself, watching someone else play the game releases the same the same kind of brain patterns as if you were playing it. Like it's it it increases your enjoyment of the whole thing. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I, I can understand how that's now become a medium for sure. I mean, you know, some of it I'm sure is a bit. I nasty, see but, it, sure, but you know. I'm still fucking back in the early, well, the late nineties, the two thousands when I'm playing Goldeneye. I wouldn't. I oh, used to man, hate watching my mate play it. I'm like, what? Can right. I play? Oh no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goldeneye, pistols, no auto aim, one shot kills. I'm taking you down. <laughs> if i'm honest uh, i was fucking wanking it but i used to love it <laughs> on yeah. uh on that note mate i've got to uh mate, that, is, that is absolutely no problem it's been an absolute privilege uh, to have you on mate 100%. yeah it was a blast thank you i had no honestly i had no idea what um what we get into talking about particularly uh but it was nobody nice to does talk about that is random... the power of no. granite zero see, that's what i like because it was nice to talk about random shit that didn't really have anything to do with yes. uh you know jujitsu and mma most of the time yeah you know. this is this is what just a quick sidetrack before you um disappear that's that's what i love about the podcast that i set up because obviously a lot of people think it's just about military or just about the mental health aspect of things yeah, I touch on it, but this has always been my platform to release all the shit that's within me. Yeah, and talk about and, stuff and having a chat <laughs> with with whoever. Like we've met previously, like seven years ago, mm. and it's just nice to have a chat with with whoever. I'd never sure. met Mason Jones before, and I asked him, "Did he want to come on?" He was like, "Yeah, definitely." Dude, I'm like, so glad now, now, now we're best so mates. <laughs> <laughs> in all so in all seriousness, if you want to, um, you know, I, I I do have a lot of friends who are current and ex-military here. If yeah, you want to get some perspectives from this side of the pond, definitely, um, definitely. You know, there's a couple I would love for you to talk to. One of whom, in particular, is a guy I've trained jujitsu with a few times, who lost uh, both legs to an IED blast. And um, he fucking gets his purple belt, gets on the mat, and he takes his prosthetics off, and he fucking scraps with the best of them. Oh, and it's days. like, it's tell it's you what, tell you nuts, what, I'll, man, I'll, I'll grab his, um, I'll grab his uh, his details from you because I'll I'll get him in in comms with um, Mark Ulmrod, who I mentioned earlier, who is a blue belt, and he's only got one arm. Um, right. He, he's a fucking fantastic bloke, and I think they would um they would bounce off each other quite nicely. Yeah, but I'll I'll shoot I'll shoot you some details, and we'll see what we can. Yeah, uh, mate. We'll oh, Josh, get, thank get you very much for coming on the here. show. Been a pleasure, Tommy. Cheers, mate. You have a good day. See you later. Enjoy training. Later. Cheers. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Squats. <laughs>